It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. This is your Estate Planning Essentials radio program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of this fine radio station, and I'm sitting with my co-host, my friend, my attorney, and he should be your attorney. His name is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you doing? Doing fine, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear it. I'm, I'm glad to know that we're both doing well, and we're able to perform and and do this program for our listeners. And this one is fascinating to me because I moved here 15, 16 years ago, uh, long before others did, but uh, I still think this is the greatest state in the entire union. I really do. I love Texas, and I could never go anywhere else. And I lived in Pennsylvania and Massachusetts and California and Florida and places like that. And I'm just so happy here and uh, to have partners like you and KWAM and Sarah. It's just such a blessing for me. And... You wanted to address that today, today, though, because there still are thousands of people moving to Texas all of the time, and it affects their finances and especially their estate plan. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times you think, oh, I have all this good documents in another state, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be reviewed. And since, like we talked about last week's show, a lot of people are moving here from different states, mm -hmm. and we think that that's going to be a continuing trend. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, whoever their attorney might be, uh, they should have their estate planning documents, assuming they have estate planning documents to begin with, mm -hmm. but they should have their estate planning documents reviewed. You know, last week we talked about various laws and some things that change. Well, here we have things that are changing, and the laws are even different in other states, and their laws are changing well as well. Mm -hmm. So... So let's talk about some of those types of things okay. that could be changed. Well, let's say you have a trust. A revocable living trust is the most common estate planning tool in some states, like California uh, or perhaps New York. Why is that? I will tell you why. Uh, because the you see, it's much more difficult to probate in other states. Mm -hmm. uh, we have more of a simplified process. Uh, so there, it, we have what's called independent administration. So once the the will has been proven good, mm -hmm. uh, generally the executor has the ability to do things without court supervision. Whereas in California or New York or some of the other states, now I'm not licensed in those states, so I can't speak to their laws. But you have to keep going back to court. There are mm -hmm. certain procedures, and you have to do all mm -hmm. these extra stuff. Mm -hmm. So trust, avoid that. So it's common uh, for a lot of people who, who move from a different state to have a trust. And uh, so, what, so you may want the laws of Texas to control. So, you know, we talked last week about homesteads. Well, in Texas, we have the homestead exemption. Mm -hmm. And we said that if you put your home in a trust, that 
you could have uh, a homestead exemption with the proper language. Mm-hmm. But let's say you had a trust in California mm-hmm. and you don't have homestead exemptions, so it's not addressed. And we have a certain language in our uh, estates code, and actually there's on the credit uh, uh, Creditor protection, too, in a different code. Uh, and you have to have both languages to have not only the homestead exemption, but also that exemption for creditor protection. Well, you didn't know that if you move from another state, if you just, let's say you bought a home, paid cash, and you bought it and put it in your trust. First of all, you might have to pay higher property taxes. And second, if you got sued, it's possible you lose creditor protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you would want Texas laws to govern, and so wherever you make reference to whatever state you're living in, you probably would prefer the Texas laws, especially you know things that are might be for favorable. We also talked. Remember last week's show, we talked about the rule. Not that this is affecting many people. The rule against perpetuities. Mm-hmm. That now in Texas, the uh, it's the later how long your trust could be in existence after you die. 300 years, uh, or the later of a life and life and being plus 21 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that would be much more favorable. That's not the same in every state. So uh, the laws are going to vary uh, from state to state. So you're going to want the laws of Texas a lot of times. Well, sometimes it's more favorable, and I I suppose there's other times that it wouldn't be. There's all sorts of different types of trust, I might add. In the Medicaid world, uh, we have... Uh, from the elder law attorney's perspective, a lot of times we have asset protection trusts. Mm-hmm. Now, those trusts are irrevocable, but the laws are different from state to state. So if you're in the state of Washington, I talked to somebody recently. Again, I'm not licensed in Washington to go to Washington for legal advice. But to protect your assets, it has to be completely irrevocable. You cannot have any elements of control. Whereas in Texas, the grantor, the one who sets up the trust, uh, has the ability to be able to retain, uh, even if it's an irrevocable trust, retain certain elements of control for either tax purposes, you know, that we want it to be included in our state. Remember, in Texas, that's another thing. Let's say you go to a lot of states, they have uh, a state tax for the state. Texas does not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we follow the feds. Right now, we could give up to twelve million nine hundred twenty thousand at death. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have that. If you go to another state, you might have to. There may have been planning because of state, estate, or state income taxes. Okay. And whereas in Texas, uh, we do not have that. So when you look at the various types of planning documents, sometimes that may make a difference on what your plan is uh, and the type of trust that you may do, because there's so there's all sorts of different types of trust. Uh, it depends on who you want to tax, mm-hmm. and so you have to look at that. So uh, that would be something that could be changed. Do you, uh, uh, when you've been doing this program for 10 years now, and your heart is with the listeners, with your clients, to keep them protected, the whole theme of the program. Do you ever sit there and, and ask yourself, boy, I wish Texas had that law that Pennsylvania does or Wyoming does? You know, I'm sure there would be more favorable laws in different situations. And um, nothing comes to my mind immediately. Which but, is good. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but I do think there are, yeah, certain things. So, you know, here we just mentioned uh, California. Uh, one good thing, I, I'm not that uh, I think the majority of things would be better in Texas. 
quite frankly. But uh, in California, like on that Medicaid side, they haven't even adopted the federal laws, so it's a lot more, a lot better for if you're seeking Medicaid to go to California. Mm-hmm. Well, that gets into other laws, too. I mean, you could talk about, I hate to say, the lightning rod of abortion, Mm -hmm. but, you know, the laws are different from state to state. So it depends on what your views are on that. Uh, Then you could see where you might want to be in a state which is more favorable to whatever your political belief is or religious belief in this case uh, a lot of times. So, um, you know, so the laws are different. So whenever you change that jurisdiction, uh, look, uh, Texas is a community property state. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but even the laws on community property are different. So, for example, uh, in Texas, uh, you know, not all, there's only most of the community property states are close to the southern, I mean, to, to you know, like Mexico, border-type states because it's uh, based on Spanish I law. I that. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So although there are states like Washington mm-hmm. that are community mm-hmm. property states, but even there, the laws are different. So, for example, on um, separate property, unless you have a pre- or post-nuptial agreement on separate property, uh, what is separate property? Separate property is property that, that you acquired by gift or inheritance mm-hmm. or a per, uh, personal injury accident mm-hmm. or if you had a pre- or post-nuptial agreement. Uh, under uh, separate uh, property, uh, normally uh, it is the income, let's say interest or dividends, is considered uh, community property. Mm-hmm. Whereas if in California, and again, I'm not licensed in California, but it's my understanding that separate property income still belongs to the person uh, who had the separate property. So again, this gets into the planning of how what you were thinking. Maybe in Cal- if you came from California, you were thinking one thing, mm-hmm. and the rules are different here. So does that mean that you have to have a postnuptial agreement that would reflect that you still retain the income if it was your separate property? Or maybe the fact that you know things got recharacterized just by moving here, right. <laughs> you know, and or if you moved to another state, the rules would the same thing would be applicable. So where if you're moving here or you're moving out of state, wherever whoever you're moving, you probably should review whatever those documents may be. In this case, we've been talking about uh, trust, but you can see even on laws like community property, mm-hmm. that affects a lot, of, a lot of your planning. The theme of the month for me is I got here as quickly as I could and love living in Texas. One of the things that I have learned from you, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but there's only a few states in this whole country that have what is called this little thing called the ladybird deed. And Michael really promotes that heavily because he loves ladybird deeds and how effective they can be for certain clients of his and many of our listeners. And most states don't have that. And I would be one, I would imagine that would be one thing you wish other states had. Yeah. I mean, Texas is only one of three states that allows us. Florida is one of them? I think so. I don't know who the other state is. Kentucky or somewhere south. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let me kind of explain what a ladybird deed is for Mm -hmm. those who would not know. And by the way, it has nothing to do with Ladybird Johnson. Right. Um, Right. Uh, it was a somebody was teaching a course and used the fictional name, and that's how it stuck. It's stuck, right? Yeah, it's kind of like I always say. It's kind of like if you're saying um, today, if you're doing a, a search online, you're googling, uh, or if you were uh, what I said at the last workshop, because this was.
was brought up. I said for those who are older, when you vacuum, you might have hoovered. Hoovered. Uh, well, now you. Well, a lady birdie is a name that also stuck right. uh, in the estate planning world, right. uh, at least in our area, uh, and it is an enhanced life estate deed. Uh, so it's it's not only a deed that says upon my death, my property, let's say typically your homestead, uh, goes to my children mm-hmm. or whomever it is or to a trust. Uh, but it it, it it says I retain control. Mm-hmm. So uh, you keep that, uh, if you were over 65, the homestead exemption and the lower property taxes for being over 65. Uh, you still have the ability to sell, lease, or mortgage. So on that Lady Bird deed, the also important thing is that it avoids Medicaid estate recovery. Interesting. So not only – so you don't have to have a, a Lady Bird deed uh, – for anything, but a lot of times we did this. We had some lady who came in last week who, unfortunately, it was nothing to do with Medicaid. Oh, for Medicaid, uh, there's Medicaid estate recovery where the state has a right to go after the home after you die. So if you're uh, in a nursing home or one of the other programs where they give care, uh, the state has a right to make a claim for reimbursement to the extent that Medicaid benefits have been advanced. And a lot of people don't know that. I right. know they don't know that. Yeah. If, if it goes by your will, okay. what a piece most people have, a will. Right. Uh, and so uh, now – so you want to avoid. So if you went from another state, if you're from 47 out of 50 states uh, or, or 47 out of the 49 other states, right. the likelihood is you never heard of this. Right. And even if you are in Texas, there's a good chance you probably never heard of it unless you have the situation where you have a loved one who may need care mm-hmm. uh, and you want to protect that home for the children. So the, but it didn't, the, the, when it's passed on to the heir, it's invulnerable in terms of the government going after the home to well, be paid back. Yeah, if you had, it's not going by probate. They only go after things that go by probate, okay. by will, uh, or intestation. Uh, yeah, pro, pro, probate. Let's say yeah, uh, you had the will is good, or if you didn't have a will at all okay. to see who the heirs are. Um, but if it goes that way, at least under Texas law, and the laws are different from state to state. Other states have liens where they could go after it no matter what the situation, oh. uh, even on a surviving spouse. Texas, uh, if there is a surviving spouse. It also avoids Medicaid estate recovery. But what if that surviving spouse either dies first or gets on Medicaid themselves? So then uh, if that's the case, uh, one of these types of deeds will preserve the assets for, let's say, the children, uh, if you would like. I would bet that if I'm a protective attorney like you and I have a Lady Bird deed, that's the rabbit out of a hat. I would be so excited to have that in my arsenal. Yeah, we even had it. Uh, we use it often. Uh, we, it could be used in other thing, situations. We had, I had, uh, unfortunately, uh, a client who came last week with pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has three or four children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, let's say that one child had been paying more of the bills and we wanted to reimburse her or we couldn't, if there was four children, they can't just agree on things or maybe one child is disabled or maybe one child has creditor issues. Um, and so you could do a Lady Bird deed. In, we wanted to not have to go to court to probate the will, mm-hmm. but we wanted to either reimburse the child or make sure that he's been paying the bills or uh, or maybe only have one out of four people if I had a labor deed that says it goes to the four kids, odds are that one kid is a problem. 
so that's that's what we see is there's too many cooks in the kitchen and it often spoils the broth. So we have it go, the deed says it goes into a trust. Mm-hmm. We could have one person in charge instead of four people in charge. Right. And if I wanted to protect the disabled child, instead of them losing public benefits, if they inherit directly, I could have it go in the trust, and the trust has a special needs trust, which protects that disabled child from losing their public benefits. Or let's say that one child has... Um, uh, is being sued. Well, we wanted to protect that child from a lawsuit. You could have a trust within the trust to protect them from the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Or let's say we're concerned about one child's marital situation, and we don't want to have that spouse involved in any way. We don't want the other kids to be partners with that spouse. And if that child dies, they may give their interest to their spouse. And so we might want to protect them. Or maybe one child has an addiction issue. Right. Or maybe one child is a spendthrift. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all these estate planning uh, documents are insurance, uh, insuring about what it is that you want to protect. And so it's just how many layers of protection that you may want. Um, so anyway, the, the if like you just said, if you're moving from another state, uh, the odds are that was not on the radar. You're not going to know about the laws of no. Texas. And even if you're in Texas, you're not a lawyer, and you're probably not going to know about this stuff unless you've been reading an awful lot. And even so, you probably wouldn't know about the elements of protection that you could have it, depending on what your goals are. And that's why we have this program. That's why you have Michael Cohen. And that's why you should attend Michael's next workshop. And that is dated for Thursday, November the 2nd at 10 o'clock. And they're in person. They're free. And they're local here in Dallas, Texas. And Michael, tell us all about the workshops that you've been doing for, my goodness, what, five or ten years now? Yeah, over ten years. Ten actually, years. we started doing them at the end of 2011. Okay, so that's almost 12 years. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Okay. Yeah, yeah, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. We, it's really funny because we didn't expect uh, it to be so popular. Right. but So now we do them every few weeks. Good. But um, And why are they popular? And here, Let's just get this out of the way right now. Well, it's, it's because of the KWM coffee mugs that are for free. No, that's why, not why they're popular. <laughs> well, those people are clamor. There's collector's items. That's right. But all kidding aside, they get to ask questions, don't they, about their individual circumstances? Or? Yeah. You, you, we ask people what they want to know. We yeah. never know. Every, that's why every workshop's different. Right. Because everybody has their own problems mm-hmm. or, or questions that they have. Mm-hmm. And so we say, what do you want to know? Okay. So they ask. Sometimes it is about ladybird deeds. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about trust. Sometimes about wills. Sometimes about Medicaid. Sometimes about veterans benefits. Sometimes about tax law. We never know what the questions are going to be. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it fun is because each one is different, and you get to have this discussion. It's not just a talking head. Well, although we do have a presentation on the basic questions on estate planning or Medicaid, mm-hmm. but uh, but most of the time is answering the questions and finding out what people want to know, and it's free. All you have to do, like you mentioned, is to go to that free estate planning workshop, uh, which is a couple hours. You'll see that the time flies by. Thursday, and November 2nd. And where are they located? Those uh, they're over by Medical City Hospital yeah. uh, across the street uh, as our office uh, conference center. Right. Uh, we have a – our office is located there as well, mm-hmm. but there's a conference center uh, in the building Good. Uh, just north of that. There's no traffic uh, at that time typically. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, because it's it's at ten o'clock in the morning, so rush hour traffic is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to attend that free estate planning essentials workshop, where you get two free hours of 
legal knowledge on whatever your questions may be and learning from others. Uh, and you get a free one-hour, what we call vision meeting, which is another hour just to see what your issues are if you want to talk about it personally. No obligations, free again. So you get three free hours besides that KWM coffee mug. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to attend that, all you have to do uh, is call that 214-720-0102 number. That's 214-720-0102 or sign up online at Dallas elderlawyer.com. That's dallaselderlawyer.com. I do recommend if you do go that you get there a little bit early because usually uh, we oversell, I guess you'd say. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so um, last one, we had to cut off the amount of people who wanted to attend. Uh, And so you there's limited seating. <laughs> Does that mean the standing room only? Is this what you're implying? Uh, uh, it, we did have to bring in extra chairs. That's great. That's a good problem to have. But there is great demand. And I'm going to give you another reason why there is so much demand. As Michael was talking, and I've never thought about this in 10 years that we've been doing this show or whatever, however long we've been doing it. Um, I was going to ask Michael right in the middle of the program, why don't you Zoom these calls, these uh, workshops? And I know the answer, and I would highly try to dissuade him from doing that if he ever even thought about it. And that is because we believe that in-person is critical. We believe that face-to-face and seeing Michael in person live uh, is the only way to go. I don't believe necessarily in artificial intelligence anyway. I don't believe. uh, I think it's uh, not artificial. It's real if it's in person. It's natural if it's in person. And it's Michael. And I don't think it's necessarily all intelligent either. I think it can be a lot of it it's intelligent or unintelligent, if, if that's a word. But you get to see Michael perform live on the spot without any prepared questions. And that's the kind of person you want and you can trust. Michael, your thoughts? Well, I appreciate those kind comments. Um, I, you know, to me, I do agree with you, though, that I think it's a lot better when you actually talk to people in person. I couldn't agree more. You know, we joke about uh, kids, uh, you know, texting each other and they're right next to each other. I mean, I think that it's better you actually see persons. You get a better feel for people. Um, And I like the word feel because all the elements, all the senses are activated. Feeling, touching, seeing, smelling, hearing, all of them if it's in person. Yeah, you know, you... That's right. You could see somebody and see what they're understanding or not understanding. That's good. You you, you could kind of— Read the room better. Yeah. 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 I mean, I could see who really, quite frankly, um, subliminally, who's really in tune and who's uh, looking, uh, you know, drinking their KWM uh, out of their KWM coffee mug and saying, just please wake me up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, too much of a sugar high from that uh, pastry or something. But (laughs) But that's good because they can read you and you can read them as your point. That's right. That's very good to hear. And thought about that too, but it does does go both ways. I'm grateful for that. I'm glad you don't, you're not considering Zoom because I think it's so much better in person. But about four minutes left on things and issues people have to take into consideration if they're moving to Texas. All right. Well, let's talk about some just a couple basic documents. Your will. You know, although your will is 
if it's usually if your will is valid in another state, it would be valid here in Texas. We have full faith and credit in the U.S. Constitution. Um, and I told you about that new law that if it was valid in Texas, you don't even have to prove that it was valid in another state. But we Good. need to look at it because the will may, even though it may be valid, that may not have some of the language so that we would require in Texas. For mm-hmm. example, you know, we talked about independent administration. If there's no in California, no, uh, you know, they don't have independent administration because it's much more difficult. If we could have, we would want the executor to have, be able to act without court supervision, right. a lot less cost. You know, what's interesting about that is that I moved back to Texas many years ago. I came here and then went to Florida, basically, and came back. And we are now, because Michael's my estate planning attorney, on top of many other things, and I can't find a document, to be very honest with you. We believe in the word of the week I read the other day, Mike, is transpicuous, to be transparent and conspicuous, and they call it transpicuous. And I'm trying to be that way and, and tell the audience, I couldn't find this document for the life of me. And this is what happens with people when they move. They just lose documents. Well, that's another thing. I it mean, is. that's, you know, okay. so it's, you know, this is kind of a good, in a way, it's a kind of a good thing because you, what happens if somebody had passed and they just didn't know about that? And so it's better to kind of, you know, it's kind of like doing a, having a checkup. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should always have a checkup because you never know what something could happen. Right. Uh, so... It doesn't hurt, even if you did nothing, to at least know what your problems are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, everybody can make their own choices right. uh, and live with it. And But you say, oh, I don't want to do anything, even if it, this bad thing could occur. Okay, at least you have the knowledge. Right. Good point. Um, anyway, um, so you need to look at the will. Another thing would be, uh, you know, in Texas, if you don't have the— Ability to there should be language that says you have the power to sell real estate, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you, a lot of states wouldn't say have the same language, and so we had one that did a, you know one of these online wills, and so we're requesting the court under sections of the code. We have to do this extra stuff because it didn't have the language that Texas normally what most people do if they went to an attorney as opposed to doing things themselves, quite mm-hmm. frankly, mm-hmm. Um, that uh, so they would have that language in there so they don't have to go back to the court or go if they were selling real estate. So the language in the wills is important as well as looking at the self-proving affidavit so you don't have to bring the witnesses. What happens if there was a divorce in the meantime? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the laws are different from state to state. The language, the grammar, the punctuation, all it takes is a comma or the word is. You just never know. So you need a very diligent and thorough attorney to make sure that language is correct and accurate. Yeah, plus, you know, that there's things, medical powers of attorney could be different from state mm-hmm. to state. Mm-hmm. Your financial powers of attorney should be reviewed because of different laws. Uh, uh, you know, te- Texas, there's a law for both medical power of attorneys and living wills that pull the plug instrument. So, you know, uh, it, whereas in other states, it's different. So the bottom line is when you move either to Texas or from Texas, probably when you go to that new state, you should have your attorney review because an ounce uh, uh, prevention is worth a pound of cure. And your attorney should be a Texas attorney, not the other state. Your, your, your attorney should be Michael Cohen. The way for you to see that for sure is to attend his next workshop, which is Thursday, November the 2nd, 10 a.m., dial 214-720-0102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that next free estate planning 
workshop. Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. Leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214 720 0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770 KAAM since 2013, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it's done your way and sign up for his next workshop today.